When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Everybody, the Read Harder Challenge is back. Now in its eighth year, that's right, this challenge could ride a bicycle. Book Riot's annual Read Harder Challenge consists of 24 tasks designed to help you shake up your reading routine and expand your worldview through books as you explore genres, topics, and formats that you might not otherwise reach for. So, Come along with us. Read a queer retelling of a classic, a book by a disabled author, a romance with a protagonist over 40, we're looking at you, when in romance listeners, <laughs> or an anthology featuring diverse voices. Do you need suggestions? No problem. We have them. Recommendations for each task will be delivered straight to your inbox if you sign up for the Read Harder Challenge. The 2022 Read Harder Challenge can be reached at bookriot.com slash readharder2022. That's right. Sign up for the 2022 Read Harder Challenge at bookriot.com slash readharder2022. Hello and welcome to the final episode of When in Romance for 2021. I am Jess. And I am Trisha and I was briefly thrown because I feel like there was a dramatic pause in the final episode of When in Romance. I was like, wait, what do you know that I don't, Jess? This is the But end. you're right. No, it's no, it's, it's just, just for the year. Just for the year. I, I paused... At, after 21 for some brief applause from our listeners. <laughs> oh, I think that's nice. That was, I'm and I'm sure they all did. <laughs> and if they didn't, feel free to hit that, like, back 30 seconds button or whatever and uh, go back. Uh, but sorry, I have interrupted your, your intro cadence. It, it's a thing. Whatever. Um, where, where was I? We are recording on Thursday, December 9th, 2021. And this is episode 96. 96. Indeed it is. You know what that means, Jess? <laughs> We're almost there. We're getting close. We got 97, 98, 99. And then we'll be at episode 100. 100. Uh, just so listeners know, I've done the math. February 2022. It's coming your way. Yep. Uh, all right, we actually have a lot. So first of all, thanks to everybody who stuck with us <laughs> through the recommendation episodes, which ended up very long. And I think over the course of the two of them, we recommended between 80 and 90 books. Mm -hmm. So uh, thank you to everyone who sent in requests and to everyone who listened to that. And especially to the wonderful audio editor, Jen, who edited all of that. Yes. Uh, but we do love doing that, and we're so grateful to everybody who um, submitted. Before we get into some follow-up from that, I mentioned in our last episode that uh, 
we had heard from uh, an author about conferences, and I reached out to that author. It was the the friend of the podcast, Maria Vale, um, who mentioned that uh, she made a point that both reading and writing are such solitary pursuits, um, and in-person conferences provo- provide an important outlet. I'm sorry, I'm quoting from her email now. Being able to talk to people who understand and sympathize is something I never thought I'd miss, but I do. I also miss the serendipity of conversations in lines or at the bar without recording or pre-registration. Um, Maria also mentioned that she would appreciate it if we could keep some of the remote panels. Um, but I just thought that that point about how writing and reading are so solitary mm-hmm. that even those of us who are more introverted can benefit from having a little bit more of that exposure. And I just, I don't know, I was really struck by that point. I thought it was was wonderful. Um, if you have not read Maria's books, she has written the Legend of All Wolves series, which we have talked about on this podcast. It starts with The Last Wolf. If you are looking for something to read over this holiday uh, season, or even just potentially quieter wintry season, um, depending on who you are and how you feel, uh, that is that is one to pick up. Um, but again, huge thanks to Maria for for weighing in from the author's perspective, and again making just that what I thought was a really good, interesting point. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you, Maria. Um, Maria is a delightful person. If we do end up going to these things again, and you end up uh, running into her definitely say hello because she will say hello back and be just the most wonderful welcoming person um that you'll meet so thank you for for reminding us about um the the feeling of an in-person thing even though i do live quite the solitary life and i'm not sure i want to leave my house ever again but it's another story for another day (laughs) Um, it's a story for 2022 yeah uh, <laughs> uh jess you also sort of pulled together a lot of the feedback that we got from folks around the book requests we got the all of the different things do you want to kick us off on that absolutely so uh, thank you to those of you who after hearing either the last podcast episode or the one before it sent in your own recommendations um, when we might not have been stumped, but asked for more. Um, And the first one is from Heather. Um, I couldn't help but think of uh, Jess's love, my love, for Talia Hibbert books when she read all four of Chloe Lisa's Bergman Brothers books. They feature neurodiverse characters as well as a love interest with IBS, someone struggling with crippling anxiety, adults latently diagnosed with autism, and a character with severe hearing loss. A great, so far, four-part series that uh, she thinks many people will find delightful. Um, And also, for the listener who was looking for books with longing and pining, I don't think you could do better than the Queen of the Slow Burn, Mariana Zapata. Open door books, but it takes a long time to get there. A long time. Like, those are some, like, they feel like they're 700 pages and you might get to 650 before some (laughs) stuff happens in some of those books. Like, but yes, uh, Zapata is yeah. definitely a slow burn, pining, longing kind of author. 
yeah, there are a lot of O's in the long there. <laughs> so I feel like we're getting Heather's point. <laughs> <laughs> we also heard from Danielle at Fresh Fiction. Uh, quoting here, I wanted to chime in with a few recs for closed door holiday romances. Thank you, Danielle. We had some trouble. Right. Um, I highly recommend checking out the plethora of category romances from Harlequin. They have so many holiday books every year. Many are steamy and open door, but also there are quite a few that aren't. Danielle recently read Moonlight Menorahs and Mistletoe by Wendy Warren. It's a Hanukkah romance, and it was delightful. Merry Christmas Baby by Terry Wilson. Not a secret baby, but a woman becomes the guardian to her infant niece. Also very cute. And Danielle has... Uh, their eye on Christmas with his Cinderella by Jessica Gilmore, set in modern day, but deals with a baron and the woman who takes care of his rescue dog. Hmm. Uh, so those are a few of those. Danielle also recommends for a quick and heartwarming holiday read, uh, OMG Christmas Tree by Stephanie J. Scott, a Christmas tree stale gone wrong brings two people together. <laughs> How does a Christmas tree sale? Okay, well, now I have to read this on the plane this right? weekend. Uh, I have to be like on a plane for six hours this weekend. I have a feeling I will be finding out how a Christmas tree go- sale goes wrong. It is leading up to Christmas in rural Illinois. Finally, Danielle says, I haven't read this yet, but Rainbow Rowell has a short story called If the Fates Allow that sounds very cute about a young woman heading home for the holidays and running into the literal boy next door. Description makes Danielle think uh, of the female main character as grumpy and male main character as sunshine, which again, this is me speaking as Trisha, is my catnip, so... Uh, anyway, huge thanks to Danielle for those wrecks. Absolutely. Jess, let's sneak one or two more in before we do an ad spot. Yes. Um, we heard from Nana. Uh, I've been highly recommending Juliet Cross's Stay a Spell series about witch sisters, hey cat, uh, who live in New Orleans. These books are a great combination of sexy and funny with a bit of mystery and suspense. Each book covers a sister and the paranormal creature who loves her. I'm interested. Um, so Kat, who requested Sister Witch books, might enjoy this series. Hooray! Uh, and friend of the podcast, Casey, mentioned uh, that they get a lot of their recs from WC in Romance. Um, I don't remember just as it stand for women of color or writers of color. Uh, women know? of color. Women of Color and Romance, um, which, as Jess pointed out, we here at Women of Romance are very big fans of. Lots of categories you can see the new releases in, including the LGBTQ categories. Um, And the only other thing I would mention is that in all of the many, many best of lists that are coming out this time of year, we also at Book Riot put out some of our favorite books of 2021. Jess and I are going to talk a little bit more about that later on, but... Uh, I will link to that in the show notes because honestly, the book riot list is probably the only one you need. Only one you need. All right. That might be all of our follow-up. But before we get into this, our final book club discussion of 2021, Jess, talk to us about a sponsor. All right. Thank you to Avon Books and All the Feels for sponsoring this episode. Alexander Woodrow has it all, including a starring role as Cupid on TV's biggest show, Gods of the Gates. But the showrunners have wrecked his character. 
he's dogged by old demons, and his post-show future remains uncertain. When all that reckless emotion explodes, the tabloids and public agree. His star is falling. Enter Lauren Clegg, the former ER therapist hired to keep him in line. But the more time they spend together, the harder it gets to keep her professional remove and her heart intact, especially when she discovers the reasons behind Alex's recklessness, not to mention his Cupid fanfiction habit. So this is the uh, new book from Olivia Dade's uh, series that started out with spoiler alert, and Alex Woodrow is a character that you meet in that book. It has elements of fame, fanfiction, and body positivity, and it will have readers laughing and blushing in equal measures. Uh, Julie Murphy, the number one New York Times bestselling author of Dumplin', calls it an absolutely witty, swoon-worthy, behind-the-scenes romp. And I can't tell you how I feel about it yet because I have not finished it, and I'm very upset with myself. But we'll talk about that later, too. So thank you to Avon Books and All the Feels by Olivia Dade for sponsoring this episode. Hooray! Hooray! Uh, yeah, I'm very excited about that one too. That is on my that is on my to be to be read. I don't know if you've heard of a to to be read. Sometimes it's called a TBR. No, what I don't is know if you've that? gone 96 episodes. Yeah, uh huh. <laughs> into this podcast and maybe haven't ha- haven't heard of that. Uh, I don't know why I decided to say it all the way through instead of using the acronym. I don't know. It's a, it's December. We're all just doing our best. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, so I will say I'm, I'm excited to talk about I'm t- excited to talk book club with you Jess I we were talking a little before we started and I have to say I have loved every book that we have done this year on the one in romance but like I've loved all of our books obviously but every like I don't know I all of these this has been a really tough year for me for reading in a lot of ways and I Actually, I will start by saying that. So we're talking about Sweet Disorder by Rose Lerner. I'm so glad that this was one of our book club books because I don't know if I would have finished it otherwise. Not because I didn't enjoy it. I really liked everything about this book. But, you know, by way of kind of transitioning into this conversation, I will say it's a very dense book. And it's definitely one of those romances where you know everything's going to work out because it's a romance. But there are a lot of points where you're like, ugh. All of these people are so screwed. Like, mm-hmm. what are they going to do? And so I'm very glad that, like, I had a good reason to finish it because this was had been a rough year for me for finishing books. And I am so glad to have finished this one. And I'm very excited to talk about it with you. Same here um, on, on all counts, actually. You're, you're right. This is a very dense book. And it's the first full-length Rose Lerner book that I've... Um, I've picked up, I, I read um, the novella that she has in Hamilton's Battalion, um, and I'm I'm blanking on the name of that particular novella right now. Um, and I have a lot of her other books on my to-read list uh, uh, and in my Oh, your possession. TBR? My, my I don't TBR. know if you've heard, are you familiar with that, that terminology? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what is that? I've, I've, I've never heard of that. Um, <laughs> And... We'll cover it in episode 100. <laughs> so I'm also glad that we had this reason to 
um, finish it because if you uh, follow me on um, Instagram or Twitter, you might have heard my story about how I actually have an older version of this in ebook format that I apparently bought in 2017 and never got around to reading it. And then she redid the covers for this series and I needed it in print. Like I had to have this book. Um, so yeah. si since we were, re since I was reading it for a purpose, um, I like having my book club books in print. So now I have my own copy of the gorgeous, gorgeous new cover of Sweet Disorder. <laughs> Yeah, and if you don't know what Jess is talking about, if, find, do a quick search. If you are seeing a, a cover, what well, you'll know. You'll know which is the gorgeous cover. But mm -hmm. it is a, a blue background, and it is a woman with um, a gorgeous sort of maroon dress on. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. It's so pretty. Mm -hmm. uh, we should probably tell people what this book is about. It might be, you know, useful. Useful to do. Yeah. Uh, all right, I will give it a shot, and then you let me know what I missed. Uh, so this book is about, it is a historical fiction. Uh, it takes place in, I'm not even going to try to pretend I know which kind of historical England. Is it it's Regency, Regency, Victoria? Yeah, it's Regency. Regency. Okay, great. Uh, if, if you guess Regency five times out of ten, you'll be right. <laughs> uh, so... It's Regency. So here's the situation. So Phoebe is a young widow. Um, I, I did a little bit of the math. I think she's in her early 20s, probably like 23, 24, something like that. Mm -hmm. um, and she, frankly, is kind of happy to be single again. Not that she didn't love her husband, but they had a rough final year of their marriage. Um, he fell ill, and she is now a widow. But because she is a widow, if she remarries, and I don't even really understand, like, I barely, I have more than one degree in U.S. politics, and I barely understand that. <laughs> so I certainly don't understand historical English politics. But for whatever reason, if Phoebe gets remarried, her husband, not Phoebe, but her husband would have the ability to vote. And there are not that many people who can vote in this little town that they live in. Uh, and so people are very interested in marrying her off so that they can get her husband's votes. So... Uh, Nicholas is a, is of a political family. His mother is like a big time sort of political organizer. I could use equivalent, you know, like U.S. term people, but you got, probably wouldn't care or know them. So that's fine. <laughs> uh, so anyway, he comes to town. He has promised that he will try to get Phoebe married off to the Whig person that they want her to marry. Uh, in the meantime, Nicholas also is trying to deal with the fact that he um, is dealing with a leg injury that has left him disabled following his military service. So he's dealing with a lot of sort of both physical and emotional trauma from that. Um, but he's trying to help his little brother win this election. So he's coming, trying to marry Phoebe off. Phoebe's like, absolutely not. I'm not marrying anyone. The Tories are also trying to marry her into their party, I guess, uh, as one does. Uh, and she, again, is like, no, I'm not interested in this. She's not having any of it. And then, and this isn't really a spoiler because it happens early on, she finds out that her 16-year-old sister is pregnant, mm -hmm. which is not a great situation necessarily in 2021, but it's definitely not a good situation in 
Regency, England. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Phoebe is like, okay, I have to marry somebody because I need somebody to help me with my sister because we need to take care of her. She loves her sister very much. She wants to help her. She wants to send her off to the countryside to like have this baby and pretend it never happened. Anyway, in the meantime, the Whigs and the Tories are trying to marry her off. And Nicholas, who has no intention of falling in love with her, sort of does. <laughs> so, and uh, shenanigans ensue. Which I think is a thing that we say every time we do a summary of a book club book. <laughs> but it's true every it's time. It's true. It's true. All right. Jess, what did I miss that is important to all of this? You covered it pretty well. Like, I I don't understand how the the Tory guy that they're trying to marry her off to isn't already a Freeman. I tried to do research on Freeman and it like sort of made sense, but I am not going to explain it because then we'll discover how much I don't know about it. Um, but you've, you've got all oh, the facts yeah. The people who are trying to marry her also have something to gain from it besides, you know, the happiness of being married. I don't even know like what people do that for but like there's you know yes there's yeah there are everyone there are a lot of motivations i would say a lot of motivations and so so nick and his mother don't have the best relationship so he he's mostly doing this not just to help his brother win but also to prove his to his mother that like he can be useful (laughs) yeah and I will say this, I, for as much as uh, there were multiple mother characters in this book that were mm. very frustrating, I did appreciate that it went sort of like without any explanation that Mrs. Diamond, uh, who is uh, Nicholas's mother, at uh, Lady Diamond, Diamond, Lady, I think that those are the correct words. She's. I think his, his the, last name is Diamond, but she goes by the title, and I think think their tassel i think his father is an earl so it's the (laughs) tassel that sounds right yeah yeah all right so lady tassel who is the mother of nicholas diamond (laughs) anyway point being it goes without explanation that she is very much like a political operative Mm -hmm. and she's very very good at it and it's, I mean, granted, there's like a lot of bribery, but that's not just her. And it's, it was interesting to me because I don't think I've read, for all the historical romance I've read that has some element of small P or big P politics in it, I don't think I've ever read one that is so clearly, uh, that if a female character is so clearly in the mix mm-hmm. and without any explanation, they were just like, this is yep, her. <laughs> Lady Tassel does this. Yep. And there it is. Um, so yeah, for, for all of her many faults, uh, that is one thing that I, I did enjoy about this book, but instead of doing sort of just like random one-offs, I, what did you think, Jess? What, first of all, did you like the book? And secondly, what kind of stuck with you about it? I, I did enjoy it. Like I, I might have set it aside and tried to finish it later, which would have been bad because tried to finish it later is just code for never coming back to it again. Um, but um, because I I was enjoying it, but it was just like, like you mentioned earlier, it was really dense and there was a lot of stuff happening and it was like, do I have the brain power for this right now? And all of the little 
the little tails that each thing had. But one thing that I really liked about it is that whole, like, we get dropped into their lives and we don't have a whole lot of backstory besides how they talk to each other. And there are things that they know already that we as readers aren't going to know and we don't get explained about. Like, um, like the whole conversation between them and the other agents and anyone else involved about how as a widow who is a any man who is a resident of this town who marries her gets votes that he didn't have like there is no explanation about that but you're sort of in the story so it doesn't matter and there is no explanation Mm -hmm. about all of these women who are very politically involved but can't vote because women couldn't vote yet and (laughs) like yeah it, like you're just dropped in and you you know like you don't know anything about well maybe some of you know more about lord byron than i do but you don't really know anything about byron but what they mention to each other or in their own heads you don't really know about what's going on in spain i have no idea what badajos was like is it a is was it a big battle i have no idea because we don't study any wars in America that don't involve America. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's a really good and interesting point that I hadn't thought about is that if you are a person like I know when my mom reads a book, she has a really hard time not fully comprehending every thing. Like she will read and then Google or read and then Google. And because she's my mom, she'll like go to her computer and Google instead of Googling like from her phone in a chair. Um, But she's lovely and adorable. And she made me cookies. So that is not a dig. Uh, But like if you are a person that has an issue with that, I you may not have enjoyed this book that much, but or as much. I think you probably still would have. But you're right, Jess. That's an interesting thing that I hadn't thought about is that. You either have to be comfortable not having all the background, as I think you and I, it sounds like both were, mm-hmm. or be willing to do the research and get it or have already had it um, to really fully comprehend all of the nuance in this story, which is, I think, a real credit to Rose Lerner, mm-hmm. right, for having both kind of the poetry background and the military background and the political background of what was happening in England at this time. Yeah, without either coddling the reader or making it so incomprehensible that you really can't read without going to Google. Like there, there definitely been have been some books um, set in historical periods, or even contemporary ones, really, where it's like, I have no idea what they're talking about. And the author is not making this easy for me to read without that knowledge. But Somehow, Rose Lerner made all of these things that, like, aren't completely apparent to the reader, um, just part of the story. You're dropped in, and the the character's background is the only background you have, and that's you're you're centered on them, and the way that they're connected to all of the other people involved. And that's, that's all you need. Yeah. I will say too, I think that idea of being centered on them and the people around them is so important because this, this book was so much, first of all, there are 
really, really fascinating and interesting secondary characters in this book, which makes me excited about the fact that it is the first in a series. Mm -hmm. Um, And we may have a little more time to talk about them. But the other thing I will say is that one of the things I really liked about this book is how much each of the main characters, how much Nick and Phoebe both had to figure themselves out. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's one of the things that I've learned more about myself as a reader in 2021 is that I really appreciate when a, when two main characters are navigating their own personal journeys in addition to their relationship journey. Mm-hmm. Like I think a good romance novel has an interesting and compelling journey for the couple as a couple. Mm-hmm. But I think a, for me at this point, a really great one has to also include the growth and development of the characters as individuals. And mm-hmm. I think this book had that in spades. And there was one, uh, there's a, it's not really a sex scene. Well, it depends on how you call it. There's a physical intimacy scene um, that is is going on my list of top five favorites because it it's one that goes very wrong, but it's so, so important to the development of these characters when there's kind of a, it's not even a misunderstanding exactly. It's just kind of a two people wanting and needing different things, but not physically, mm-hmm. just sort of emotionally and needing one of them kind of needing the other to be there and be interested in a way that the other person either thinks they are or doesn't quite know how to be. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's so, I mean, if you are looking for an example of why that kind of a physical intimacy scene in romance is important. This is such a good example because it does so much for the couple. It does so much for the story. It's it's a real turning point, I think, in this relationship. And I, yeah, like I said, I, I was just so blown away by how significant it was as a turning point in the story. And how it leads to a completely unexpected um, conversation later (laughs) like yeah like it's it's not it's not a conversation many people are emotionally mature enough to have now so seeing it set in in a regency setting um where people are less straightforward with each other was definitely like that's definitely the first time I had read anything like it. And I was glad to see it and super curious because it's like, though that's a that's a conversation that I would probably like be uncomfortable having, but I don't know. So and I think and I, I guess we're splitting a little bit a very little bit here. But Jess, are you talking about the one where they are sort of each talking about what they mm-hmm. want very explicitly kind of how they want to be touched, how they want to be physically intimate. Um, Is that what we're talking about here? Yes. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you're right. Like, I think it's, yeah, that, and that's kind of the part two of this scene where they both sort of walk away, figure out what happened, they come back together, talk about what happened and, and move forward, which is just, yeah, it's, I, it feels weird to say that this this uh, book that takes place in Regency England was revolutionary, but mm-hmm. I do think there's something about that that 
like you said, we, we still don't see often in even contemporary romance. Yeah. I think too, um, so we heard from um, Emily, who whose handle on Instagram is a life lived in books, also a friend of the podcast. We have so many friends on this episode. I'm so excited about it. Uh, who mentioned some things that, that she really liked about the book in general. But one of the things um, that that she talked about was the disability rep. And there's also, there's a wheelchair using secondary character who we have not talked about and probably won't have time to get into, but just read the book. You'll really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we're kind of talking about the intimacy and the sex positions and all of that, well, we hadn't talked about them, but Emily mentioned (laughs) that the creativity in sexual positions um, is, I I mean, I, I do think that there's something really, interesting and intimate and uncommon in the way that this book does approach physical intimacy in that not only kind of the positions that Emily talks about, but just sort of the Nick is trying to figure out like how to even talk about Mm -hmm. what his limitations are and how that works and how it doesn't and all, and all of that. And, and he, this kind of, um, this sort of relationship with his own body is so new and different to him that I think there was something really just compelling and um, endearing about that as well. Yeah. And one thing that I noticed reading, like I never felt like his masculinity was, was being toxic um, when he would talk about, um, his injury and his his limitations and how certain things made him feel like he was less than like it ne- like you could see it in the setting of the universe that Rose Lerner is building here but it still doesn't like make you angry at him and not want what's best for him so i don't know like maybe it is still a little toxic masculinity but it's not it's it's not the kind that can't be overcome yeah and i will say too um we mentioned before i kind of get into like my the other last thing that i want to really talk to or talk talk to about this book talk of about this book whatever it's fine you you all are with me Mm -hmm. i will mention that um we did hear from Casey, another friend of the podcast that we, we mentioned earlier. Um, Casey had a lot of different observations about um, the book, and, and we we could spend a very fascinating entire episode talking about all of their observations. Um, but there is a line that, that Casey picked out um, where Nick says, you are one of the somebodyest somebodies I ever met, mm-hmm. uh, which is a line that I also thought was really lovely. And so I will say, if you have the opportunity to kind of read through it, it's, it's one that I highlighted as well. Uh, and Casey also mentioned Miss Jepsop, who is the um, secondary character who uses a wheelchair, who, again, also gets her happy ending, which I think is lovely. Mm-hmm. Um but the last thing that I will say about this book that I really, really enjoyed just is the the conclusion, like sort of the, would we call it a denouement? I don't know. It, it could I, be. Yeah, I think, I think yeah. we can call uh, it that. 
Yeah, well, thank you. I Even if it's wrongly used, I just feel like I need to use it on at least one episode in 2021, <laughs> and I'm running out of time. So, uh, the, I, like, the, 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 like, the finale of this book just feels very, mu- like, Broadway musical. And mm. then it's all of the characters yeah. all coming together with all of their drama <laughs> and just all sort of, like drama-ing all over the place like there's a fist fight <laughs> there's like multiple people who declare their love and declare that they're now being separated <laughs> like there is a lot of revelations and it's just yeah yeah revelations and drama all over the place and i for me i just found it very very satisfying yes it's like an oscar wilde play <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah exactly right like yeah it's just everybody just all i mean i don't know mercury and retrograde perhaps at this point who knows yeah who knows uh but yeah i like i said i find that sort of like it's just like that that tension that just builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and builds and then for 350 pages it builds and then on page 351 (laughs) boom it's over yep Oh, well, we also heard from Sarah and she, she had a a few really interesting thoughts too, but I I wanted to read verbatim um, a paragraph that, that she sent in because it's just, it's just lovely and it, it really brings home what was so great about this book. So Sarah says, Phoebe and Nick aren't perfect, but they are perfect for each other. I loved how they are both used to putting others' needs above their own, and part of their love story is choosing to prioritize their own needs and desires and find happiness. They get their HEA, but the challenges they face are not glossed over. And that's like, that's a lot like what you were talking about, Trisha, about how some of the best romances have that whole yes the central characters their their love story is centered but also each one of them is figuring their stuff out and like becoming a different person or maybe 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 not a different person but the better a better version of themselves by the end yeah and that thing i think what really has stuck with me and I just finished this book within the last day or two. Um, but what really stuck with me is that idea that putting yourself above other people is not necessarily a good thing, right? Like there's all of those like memes of like your Harry Potter house is not a personality trait mm. or, you know, like all of, like it's that like putting yourself being a martyr for other people is not a personality. Like it's not necessarily a good thing and i think both of them have to come to realize that like there's Mm -hmm. there's something to be said for giving of yourself and and trying to care for the people that you love even when it when it means self-sacrifice but when your entire identity is self-sacrifice that's not healthy you know like there's that causes that's not good for anybody. I think that's what these characters realize is that it doesn't help them. It doesn't help their families who they're trying to protect. Mm -hmm. And I just, yeah, that just really stuck with me. That's such an interesting theme. So I don't know, I guess I would say we, we both liked this book, right, Jess? We did. And hopefully we'll have 
some more books to talk about in the new year. And in fact, we will uh, be interested in hearing what you all would like to. We, we need four more, right? We're yes. about to come on to a new year with four new quarters. Uh, so we will be interested to hear if folks have recommendations. First of all, we'd still love to hear from first the many, many thanks to all of you who who wrote in, you know, DM'd, etc. about um, your thoughts on this book. They they really were helpful and uh, informative and interesting as we were thinking about what we thought about Sweet Disorder. But if you have recommendations for what the When in Romance book club should look like in 2022, let us know. Yes, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I think either specific titles or even if there's just kind of general themes that you're looking for, um, we can we will take those as well. Mm-hmm. All right. Before we move on to our final segment of our final episode of uh, 2021 When in Romance, let me just say this. Back again this <laughs> week. We're very excited about it. This episode is sponsored by Sips by. Yay. Uh, so guess who's drinking tea right now? Both me and probably also Jess. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything better than curling up with a steamy book and a steamy cup of tea? Please pay attention to all of the wonderful wedded romance puns that you're going to hear in this ad spot because I think <laughs> you're really going to enjoy them. They delight me every single time. <laughs> Sips by makes discovering tea fun, personalized, and affordable. The Sips by Box is the only multi-brand personalized tea subscription box. Each month, Sips by plays Matchmaker to help you discover delicious teas you'll fall in love with. Explore teas from over 150 global brands, big and small, based on your unique preferences. Gift cards and subscriptions are available at www.sipsby.com. That's www.sipsby.com. If you subscribe, you'll receive four new teas every month, chosen just for you. Each Sips by box includes loose teas, bagged teas, or a mixture of both, based on your preference, and makes 16 or more cups of tea. Sips by accounts for your caffeine tolerance, flavor preference, and even your dietary needs. I am actually, as we speak, sipping a mug. My mug is orange and blue, but it actually works, even though that sounds weird. <laughs> uh, Brazilian's turmeric elixir that I got from Sips by. I am enjoying it a ton. It is caffeine free, so it is perfect to be drinking at 9 p.m. Eastern time on this uh, Thursday evening as we record. Um, but I also enjoyed earlier today a Tulsi green tea, which felt like very much like self-care in a mug. Like it felt just like a detox and also just hydrating and wonderful and lovely and i don't know i am delighted by my current tea box jess i too am delighted by my by my my tea box because it's doing something that i needed which is giving me lots of low caffeine and caffeine free choices because i do not believe in those so i have none in my cabinet but sometimes when you're recording a podcast in the evening and don't want to stay up till 2 a.m. because you're old and caffeine does that to you. You need something caffeine-free. Yes. So I am in- yes. enjoying a lovely Rebus chai uh, out of my Bell's Book Club mug. <laughs> I love it. 
Look at us drinking tea, recording a podcast. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, actually, I have two that are like high and en- high caffeine teas that I'm bringing with me because next week this time I will be working Eastern time hours, but living on Pacific time. And so Ugh. that's the there's one. I have an orange passion fruit uh, moringa that is uh, super caffeinated. I haven't even started it here. I'm like, that's just coming with me to Washington. <laughs> that is that is what that is for. Um but yeah, so anyway, as you can tell, we are huge fans of SipSpy here. You can follow SipSpy, again, that's S-I-P-S-B-Y, on Instagram for weekly giveaways and more. Reminder, this is the holiday season. If you are worried about the supply chain, a certificate to SipSpy is a great option. And if you are listening to this podcast right now, you can get 50-5-0% off your first Sips by box, if you use the code WIR. If you are tired and your brain is not working, that's for when in romance. WIR. <laughs> 50% off your first Sips by box at www.sipsby.com. S-I-P-S-B-Y. And go in, get your own caffeine-free or hyper-caffeinated teas. It's going to be great. We're excited for you. Sipsby.com. Sipspy.com. All right. I spent a lot of time talking about Sipspy because I was very excited about it. But <laughs> as we close out this year, Jess, let's talk about a book that you read this year that you thought was underrated and a book that you are still planning to sneak in that you think you might be excited about. I'm going to let you go first. Well... It's funny, I was telling Trisha earlier that I was having trouble thinking about a book that I actually finished because we talked about finishing books this year being hard. That wasn't just ridiculously popular. Um, And I landed on To Be Alone With You by Jodi Slaughter, um, which came out in the first half of the year, um, I want to say early spring. And it's set right at the beginning of the pandemic in Joshua Tree. Um, and it's it's a lovely book. It's second chance romance. It's extended proximity, forced proximity because pandemic. Um, and it's Jody Slaughter. And um, you you might have noticed I don't talk about her books very frequently because she doesn't write super quickly um like some of the other authors that I'm like I can't keep track um but all of her books are really delightful and this one is a little a little harder to get through I think because it's set during the pandemic but it's just like her words are always amazing and her people are super interesting and real and lovely and it's just like a really lovely book that I wouldn't say is underrated like the people who have read it really loved it but that's not a huge group of people so to be alone with you by jody slaughter is definitely a book that if you're trying to find something to read for the end of the year you should check out yeah and mine is the girl with stars in her eyes uh by zio axelrod who i i talked a little bit about this book um gosh it was over the summer i read it and i was just so taken by it Mm. it's so you know i'm a little surprised that i didn't 
think to recommend it more in our um, rec request episodes because it's just such a kind of Swiss army pick for me in so many ways. It's just, um, it's about music. It's about um, Tony. <laughs> her name is literally Tony Bennett. It's on <laughs> purpose. Uh, and she is her childhood or high school best friend and, you know, romantic interest, Sebastian. Um, she, the two of them parted ways and they're both in the music industry Tony is trying to kind of make a name for herself. She gets hooked in with this hot new band who is being managed by Sebastian. And there's just so much to this book, like talking about the different layers, the different elements of, ooh, I don't think this is going to work out. And then it does. And boy, if you are talking about a book where the two main characters need to figure out themselves before (laughs) they can figure out how to be together, Mm. that is 100% one of those I just I really wish that this book had gotten more attention um, because it it was yeah it, I was just so blown away by it I'm so excited to see what the rest of the series looks like because the secondary characters are just fascinating um, so anyway that is the girl with stars in her eyes and I would yeah I we will link to to both in the show notes Jess what are you gonna read what well, I'm not we're not gonna get to talk again for like four weeks I know it's it's wild. We're going to have so much time to read. (laughs) Uh, Um, And while I mentioned earlier that all the feels is happening, like I am staring at it. I am looking at my copy. It's going to get read. I'm going to read it. But what I really hope that I will be able to finish this year is um, a very new release, a more actually by Adriana Herrera, Alexis Daria, Diana Munoz-Stewart, Mia Sosa, Priscilla Oliveira, Sabrina Sol, and Zoe Castile. Like, what? I'm That's so excited. That's a pretty to strong cast of, of, yeah, of writers. <laughs> yeah. And it is a, um, it's an anthology of Noche Buena um, novellas including one that's written by two of them together. And I don't remember which two um, wrote it together, but it's, it sounds just so delightful. And I even got a print copy because I do better with novellas in my hands than picking them up on Kindle and then forgetting that there's like six more that I need to read. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. We've all been there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, you know, they're, they're all connected, but they're all very different stories. And I love, I love uh, anthologies like that. So that is a more actually by all of those people that I mentioned before. <laughs> Again, the link will be in the show notes. Yes. Uh, and I, I actually legitimately asked Jess before this, I was like, is it a cop out for me? to tell people that the book that I'm excited to read over the break is The Lights at Knockbridge Lane by Roan Parrish. I just said, why would that be a cop-out? And I said, because we talk about Roan Parrish all the time, and also because we've talked about this series, and also because it's a holiday romance book. But I gotta tell you, I love holiday romance books, I love Roan Parrish, and I love this series. I actually had the opportunity to write up uh, Best Laid Plans for the Book Riot Best Books of 2021. Um, because I just was so delighted by that book. I was delighted by the series. I will say, boy, if we were doing um, 
just an MVP of the year that wasn't a particular book or author, Karina Adores would be Mm -hmm. high on that list. So maybe that's a 2022 conversation. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm just really excited to dive back in to the little the little city or tiny town, I guess, tiny town of Garnet Run um, and just get to revisit some of the characters that are there. And like I said, am I a sucker for uh, holiday romance? Yep, sure am. Uh, so yeah, that is, this book is about um, a single parent who has moved to Garnet Run. Um, and, you know, there's just delightful holiday things and, you know, everybody's just very happy. I don't know. I'm excited about it. I can't say a lot about it because I haven't read it yet. But am I going to be reading it on the six-hour plane flight that I am taking this weekend? Yeah, probably. Probably <laughs> I am. So I will let you know. Uh, but again, we are linking to all of these. But that's The Lights in Knockbridge Lane um, by Roan Parrish. I'm, I'm very excited about it. Me too. And with that, Jess, we may have come to the end of I- When in Romance 2021. I think we have. And as usual, it was not as short an episode as we expected it to be. But (laughs) we had lots of good things to talk about. Exactly. Well, yeah, well, that'll be our 2022 resolution. Tighten up things. But we also, though, we did get to talk about so many um, different, so much different input that we heard from all of you. And we love it so much. And we hope that even though we are uh, not going to get to talk with you again for, for a little while, that you will, uh, we will, and we'll be back, you know, early January. But in the meantime, let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you're reading. You can find us at when in romance at bookriot.com. You can find me mostly on Instagram at Trisha Haley Brown. And you can find me on Twitter at Jess's Reading, all one word, and on Instagram at Jess underscore is underscore reading. And huge, huge, huge thanks, as always, to our audio editor, Jen Zink, who's so lovely and patient with us. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, these episodes would be even longer without Jen. So you should all be uh, toasting her honor um, as well as we approach the end of this year. We're excited about 2022. Please let us know what book club books you are interested in reading. Uh, or hearing about or whatever else please look forward to us talking maybe a little bit more about one book coming out next year by jessica pry <laughs> maybe um uh, yeah and let us like i said let us know what you're reading sometimes this time of year is um joyful for people sometimes it's hard sometimes it's both so whatever you have going on uh we do love to hear from all of you and we hope that you take good care until we get to talk to you again Happy New Year and happy reading. <laughs>